Welcome to Created to Reign, a podcast of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. I'm Cal Beisner, president of the Cornwall Alliance, and today I want to alert you to a potentially dangerous nomination to a powerful position in the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Eight and a half years ago, E&E News called Joseph Goffman a law whisperer, quote unquote, because his specialty is, as they put it, teaching an old law to do new tricks. Well, the epithet was so well deserved that Harvard Law Today repeated it five years later. Now, the U.S. Senate Environment and Public Works Committee is considering Goffman's nomination to become assistant administrator for air and radiation in the Environmental Protection Agency. What could possibly go wrong with a law whisperer in charge of EPA's air and radiation regulations? Well, the history of Goffman's actions answers the question. Under the Obama administration, Goffman was a critically important designer of new tricks, purportedly implementing the congressionally adopted Clean Air Act. Now, it is the job of agencies to implement laws enacted by Congress and signed by the president. But it's not their job to twist those laws to achieve ends that Congress never dreamt of when it adopted them. But that's exactly what law whisperer Goffman did over and over. Let me give you just six examples. Number one, the 2009 carbon dioxide endangerment finding, which became the basis of practically all regulatory efforts to reduce man-made global warming. Numbers two and three, the 2010 and 2012 greenhouse gas emissions rules for cars and light trucks. Number four, the 2011 mercury and air toxics standards, that is MATS rule. Number five, the 2011 cross-state air pollution rule. And number six, the 2015 clean power plan part of which replaced state plans to implement the so-called regional Hayes rule with federal plans. In every instance, Goffman, the law whisperer, taught old laws to do new tricks. Tricks that would cost taxpayers anywhere from a few billion to hundreds of billions and often thousands of jobs. Every one of those rules was legally suspect and some have even been struck down by the courts. The MATS rule, for instance, limited the amount of mercury power plants could emit. The EPA grossly exaggerated health risks from mercury emissions. Even so, by the EPA's own estimates, which it produced after it had written the rule, <laughs> the rule's costs would outweigh its benefits by anywhere from 1,600 to 2,400 times. Nonetheless, the EPA argued that it was not required to weigh costs before imposing the rule and that it was enough that it weighed costs afterward. Well, 21 states joined by industry representatives sued the EPA in 2013, claiming that the MATS rule 
quote, violated the Clean Air, Clean Air Act's appropriate and necessary standard by refusing to consider these costs, unquote. On June 29, 2015, in Michigan versus Environmental Protection Agency, the Supreme Court ruled against the EPA overturning Goffman's Matz rule. In terms of law, that was a victory for those who insist that government agencies must not exceed statutory boundaries. But for scores of millions of consumers who needed affordable electricity that coal could provide, and thousands of workers in the coal mining and coal-fired electric generating industries, the victory came too late. The rule had already forced the closure of hundreds of coal-fired power plants. It had devastated the coal industry, and it had destroyed thousands of jobs. A statement afterward by EPA spokeswoman Melissa Harrison reveals some of the regulators' attitudes toward the law. Here's what she said. She said, quote, quote, this is a quote, <laughs> EPA is disappointed that the Supreme Court did not uphold the rule, but this rule was issued more than three years ago. Investments have been made and most plants are already well on their way to compliance. In other words, from the EPA's perspective, the fact that the rule was unconstitutional and that its costs exceeded its benefits didn't matter. It had already achieved the EPA's objective, and neither the illegality nor the economic devastation mattered. The Clean Power Plan was even larger in scope. It would mandate 32% reductions in carbon dioxide emissions from fossil fuel-fired electric steam-generating units by the year 2035. It would set state-specific CO2 reductions. It would substitute federally mandated performance rates for new and existing electric generating units. It would require approval from the EPA for all state implementation plans to reduce CO2 emissions. And the result would be a massive restructuring of the entire electric generating industry across the nation. 27 states, joined by utilities and coal mining companies, sued, alleging that the Clean Power Plan was premised on a novel and expansive view of agency authority, and that the plan ignored states' concerns and eroded long-standing and important partnerships that are a necessary part of achieving positive environmental outcomes. In essence, the complaint was that the EPA was trying to do Congress's job because Rules requiring such massive changes should be decided by accountable representatives of the people, not by unelected bureaucrats. Well, four weeks ago, in its decision in West Virginia versus EPA on June 30, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the plaintiffs, effectively killing the, the Clean Power Plan. But again, the legal victory came too late to prevent great harm to the fossil fuel industry, especially the coal industry, and to the scores of millions of people it has served with abundant, affordable, reliable electricity. Even though in early 2016 the Supreme Court had issued a stay on its implementation, many states and utility companies took steps costing billions of dollars to comply with the clean power plant just in case the rule survived.
The problem, in short, is that regulators like law whisperer Goffman know how to play the game to get their desired results, regardless of whether what they do will pass constitutional muster. They know they can prompt massively expensive changes in our economy, even if the rules they pass are eventually struck down. Well, that's why I'm glad to be among the signers of a letter from a coalition of organizations and individuals to the Environment and Public Works Committee of the Senate opposing Goffman's nomination. After mentioning Goffman's role in the rules listed above, the letter points out that Goffman also worked with a number of state attorneys general to file suit to require the EPA to set a second national ambient air quality standard for ozone that would target greenhouse gas emissions, not ozone, on the ground that climate change will raise ozone levels. Well, the ensuing rule has been challenged in State of New York et al. v. EPA. By all rights, the person in the EPA tasked with responding to that lawsuit should be someone without any conflict of interest. But incredibly, despite Mr. Goffman's leadership in concocting the scheme, he has, under the Biden administration, been in charge of the EPA's response to the suit. The likely result would be a sue and settle. Uh, that's a process in which uh, the EPA gladly embraces the position of those litigating against it, thus advancing agency wishes in the absence of statutory authority. That has cost taxpayers hundreds of billions of dollars over the last several decades, and it's a process that the Trump administration sought to end but that the Biden administration is bringing back. It is not surprising, our letter continues, that President Biden nominated Mr. Goffman to head the EPA's Office of Air and Radiation. The Biden administration is trying to achieve its climate and anti-energy agenda primarily through gross administrative overreach, and Mr. Goffman has proven to be a master of administrative overreach. The Senate should refuse to confirm Goffman's nomination. The Supreme Court's decision in West Virginia versus EPA made it clear. Regulatory agencies should limit their rulemaking to what is clearly required by statute. Goffman, the law whisperer, rejects that principle. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll tell your senators what you think of Mr. Goffman's nomination. We also help, hope you'll tell your friends about the Created Terrain podcast and consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which you can do at cornwallalliance.org. And if you're listening to us on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating to help us expand our audience. Thank you again. God bless.